Have you fallen down the cottage industry rabbit hole yet? Well, if not, buckle up, Alice, and click on over to the description in the show notes and sign up. Then you can get ready for the most fun induction into the cult of all things yarn and fiber. This will include, but not limited to, free yarn, free ebooks, patterns, coupons, and much more. You don't want to miss out. listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts, a podcast featuring two crafty besties who love true crime and a good cup of joe. Hey, amateur sleuth. I'm Kristen. And I'm Heidi. Welcome. Welcome. Ooh, ooh. We are here for another fun-filled adventure. I mean, I, I don't know if I would go that far for today, but... It's uh, a little sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> Light, light, light. We need some lightness for this episode because holy hell, it's a it's a doozy. doozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make, oh, make sure I've got my do not disturb on so we don't have interruptions. Okay, we're good. Carry on. Look at Kristen's flipping everybody the bird with her ghost mug. It's incredible. Incredible. Ah, all the feels right in this one little mug. It's, it's joyous. I already finished my hot mug and it's so hot. I had to switch to iced already. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Mm. um, Coffee for today is an indigenous owned brand, which is super cool called Ikoa. Oh, yeah. Um, it's E-K-O-W-A-H coffee.com. Super cool. I saw, it's, yeah, I, I saw the invoice for that in our... Yeah. Nice, nice. It is Tinker Camp is the name of this one. It's a dark roast. Very good, very good. I love the packaging and and... They sent a sticker with my order. Oh, nice. <laughs> a nice so one. I love too. it. Vinyl. Um, Gets to love it. Yes. Actually, my sticker is. Speaking are, of. Speaking of stickers, I've got a whole bunch now on my. Do, 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 do. Yes. Coffee mugs with and phones with stickers. And phones. Yeah. If you want a sticker, I got a new water bottle for work i'm gonna stick one on there that's awesome i like that um so yeah my craft today is uh the beginning of a custom cardigan it'll be a cocoon style cardigan um okay for my friend for after her wedding after nice. the reception. So this is for like the after party. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, they're doing like a scene 75, which is Dave and Buster's ish, basically. Oh, okay. It's just a local place. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Y'all. This one. I, I was reading it out I, loud to Ben. I have a feeling like, it has all the triggers. <laughs> I mean, basically just heed all of the warnings for this episode and my next episode. Because um, we got a two-parter. It's a two-parter. And it's Israel Keys, y'all. The worst. Mm. The worst. Um, it's a trigger- nasty, nasty shitbag. Yeah. Trigger warnings. Um, sexual assault, rape, torture, brutal murders, religious extreme extremism, 
That's a hard word to say. It's a tough one. Um, bank robbery. If that bothers you, well, yeah. Stay inside. <laughs> yeah, don't go to the bank. <laughs> do all your banking online like I do. <laughs> Ditto. I don't think I... The only reason I went into a bank was for work purposes. I still don't recently. go in the bank. Even when I go to the bank, I still just use the ATM outside. Yeah. Drive, drive I, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, work purposes only yeah. do I go inside a bank. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So are you ready? <laughs> I've been waiting. Okay. I've been, I've been on yeah. uh, it's in some needles. It's a doozy. Israel Keys was born on January 7th, 1978 in Richmond, Utah. Oh, he's like, he was like our age. Ew. Ish. 1978. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He was the second mm. child out of 10 born to his Mormon parents, Heidi and John, who... Ding, 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 happened to be from Torrance, California, which is where myself and a lot of my friends used to live. That is a, <laughs> that is a lot of um, six degrees of separation. Yeah. Too close for comfort. A little too close for comfort. Um, yeah. All of the children in the family were home births, and none of them even had social security numbers. They were never taken to a doctor, never vaccinated or anything. So like never had. They were like sovereign were, citizen type. Basically, yes. Um, Israel and his yeah. siblings were homeschooled and lived in the Mormon faith until he was five years old in 1983. When his family decided to leave the Mormon church behind. And while I commend his family for leaving the Mormon church, what they chose instead was no better. Mm. It was way, 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 way worse. And no offense to anybody who's Mormon, but um, yeah, there's a lot behind it that's problematic. His father moved the family to a very isolated one-room cabin north of Colville, Washington. This cabin had no electricity or running water and was located deep in the wilderness. The family... Off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. And not in, like, the nice way where you have, like... Solar, have solar panels <laughs> or wind yeah. generators no you don't have a like, way to make clean water yeah no, no. the family began attending a church called the ark which was a white supremacist christian church israel has described it as an amish-like place but the amish-like way of it stops at being self-reliant and self-sufficient Right. Amish, Amish people are not assholes. Yeah. It was around this time Israel's family befriended a neighboring family, um, one of which was actually convicted of murder in 1996. Mm. So it was one of the sons of this family, and he was like best friends basically when he was younger with the two sons of this family. Um. During their time as members of this church, they still weren't allowed access to doctors, even during emergencies, which really, as I researched it, aligned more with like their mother's beliefs. She was extreme. Cuckoo for cuckoo, cuckoo oh. for cocoa puffs. Yeah, real extreme. Now, apparently the Keys family also attended another church in Colville called the Christian Israel Covenant Church. This church was, according to Israel, militia-like, which mm. that area is full of militia. So they too were a racist church. Their teachings basically said that Anglo-Saxons were a superior race and that interbreeding was abominable. Rude. Yeah, shitbags. Yeah. So don't be a shitbag. Exactly. 
because of the small single room cabin not having enough room for the entire family as it grew, several of the older Keys children had to sleep outside in a tent. Now, keep in mind, this is Washington. Cold. It's cold and it's wet. And rainy all the time. Like 85% of the year, it just rains. Yeah. It's just. They were trained to hunt, work on local farms, and chop their own wood, which honestly sounds like those are good things for people to learn. But if they're used in a proper way, as long as as it's not not in real Keith learning all this shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Future killers of America. Yeah. Learn our skills. (laughs) Israel loved hunting so much. He didn't stick to the rule of only killing things that you would eat or things that were like threatening your life. Right. Um, He hunted. He just was having fun. Yes. He said that he hunted, quote, anything with a heartbeat. Yeah. Literally anything. Lovely. And he actually admitted, sorry guys, animal cruelty. I forgot that trigger warning, but here you here it is. Animal cruelty. He admitted that he had skinned a living deer in front of his church peers. And doing this made other children avoid him. And according to one girl, one little girl said he made her skin crawl. Her spidey senses were on point. That's definitely a get the fuck out yeah. moment. Stay mm-hmm. far, far that, away. That's from a that. that's like the biggest red flag you've yes. ever seen in your life. It's just huge. Yep. Huge animal, red flag. Animal cruelty, torture, all that shit. Major red flag. So he was around 14 years old when he realized there were several things he did and thought that he thought were normal and fine that others didn't right so Mm. he he just became a loner yeah yeah throughout his teens he would start random fires in the woods break into houses just for fun shoot at his neighbor's homes with his bb gun and if nobody came outside after having their house shot at he would break into that house to steal shit wow yeah so those two boys that I told told you about before, he used to break into houses with them, but they quit hanging out with him after seeing him shoot um, a cat. Oh, and yeah, it didn't die quick. I'm just gonna leave it at that. If you want to know what exactly okay. happened, you can look into it yourself. Not gonna talk about it. Uh, no, it, it almost made me cry. On that one, yep. He would steal people's guns out of their homes and sell them to other local adults. And one time he got caught and his parents actually made him apologize for stealing like this huge cache of guns that these people had. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I I guess he was a young entrepreneur, but yeah. definitely going about it the wrong way. Yeah. By the young age of 14, Israel Keys was already six foot two. Oh my. I know. That's like the scariest thought. He's an animal torturer who towers over most people. Yes. Not going anywhere good. Talk about overpowering people. Yeesh. So at 16 years old, Israel was becoming a decent carpenter and actually built his own cabin about a mile away from his family cabin. Well, that's smart. It's good use of his skills. If only he had just stuck to carpentry. Yeah. (laughs) His family relocated over the next few years several times. Um, But during one move, they went to Malpin, Oregon, which I've never been there. Shockingly. Um, Sometime during their time there, Israel was at the Deschutes River stalking a young 14 to 18 year old girl um according to him he thinks oh, she's so like 14 to 18 he didn't really know her age yeah and was he wasn't like she was a he teenager. wasn't like following her for days he was just like looking for a victim <clears throat> mm-hmm. so 
This was the first time he ever had a quote murder kit, kill kit with him. Mm. Uh, yeah. He says he saw a group of, of teenage girls walking by the river to go tubing, but one of them was lagging behind. The slow ones always get it. Yeah, it's fucked. So he attacked her, dragging her into a gross bathroom mm. where he tied her up and raped her at knife point. He had planned on killing her, but instead he just let her leave on the tube she had with her. He said he thought this type of thing had happened to her before because she acted in a way that turned him off. She did the smart thing. She, she just acted. laid there and pretended like she, she was dead. She was te- lifeless. No, she was telling him that he was a good looking dude and that he didn't need to do this and how she would go out with him. Oh, so, yeah. gotcha. There goes my So aunt. her being nice to him turned him off. Yeah. I don't understand why my internet keeps doing this, but hopefully this comes out okay. Yeah, because this is an important episode. Yes. I mean, all of our episodes are important, but. Yes. So let me know if I sound hard on this one. Okay. I'm assuming this wasn't ever reported, this girl, because there was no record of it. He also claims that this wasn't his first time doing that. All right. So he was recounting this well, that incident. And from that day forward, he thought about this girl all the time. He want, he like wished he had killed her. He regretted because letting he, her go. Yeah. Because, you know. It's always the one that got away. Right. And for you these, think about and obsess about. Yeah. These killers, it's like a release for them when they kill. Mm -hmm. He didn't didn't release. Right. It built. Which, yikes. Yes. Yeah. So his family eventually settled close to an Amish community in Maine. His mother was, as I said, a religious zealot which rubbed off on her kids somewhat, most of them anyway. Israel, as a young child, kept a journal with scripture and all of his sins written in it. Mm. And that's a long, big book. Yeah. It was sometime, <laughs> <laughs> sometime during this period in Maine when he decided to renounce his Christian faith. I mean, these kids weren't even allowed to learn to play an instrument. That's that's how extreme this was. It's weird stuff like that. It's just like, what? No music, no TV. They didn't have anything that we have. That's boring. Like, well, even even living on a sailboat, we had music at least. Yeah, but Daw had a guitar. And when you live in the woods, I mean, there's always something to do. But still, not being able to have music is kind of shit. You should have some entertainment. Music calms the soul. It gives us peace. There was no peace in this family. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly no peace. Yeah. So by this point, he was about 20 years old. He had gotten into an argument with his parents when he told them he didn't believe in God, which led them to kick him out of the house. Didn't he already have his own cabin? Well, this was in Maine. Oh, they had moved. Yeah. So none of the other Keys kids were even allowed to contact him anymore. It's kind of like certain religions. Yeah. You get pushed out if you no longer, if you renounce your religion, you're no no longer part of the family. Right. I'm going to possibly try to block everybody else. How do I do that again? I don't think it's going to work. Okay, we'll just carry on. Yeah, because you had a moment. Did I freeze again? Just slightly while you were looking at how to deal with that. Dang it, hold on. Sorry for that little break, but... We back. It was was only long for us, not you. All right. (laughs) So 
After being kicked out of his family home, Israel became interested in Satanism and actually started planning his first ritualistic murder. Oh, he was going really sideways with that. Yes. So he enlisted in the army on July 9th, 1998 in New Jersey. He served as a specialist in Alpha Company, 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry Regiment. That's a mouthful. Why is it that a lot of our prolific, terrible shitbags have all been okay, in the military? Like, when I look, when I see pictures of him, he reminds me of one person that we knew who was also in the army and also mm-hmm. killed someone and also committed suicide. Mm. Strange. Um, Weird. Very interesting. So he passed the preliminary course to become an army ranger. He was stationed at Fort Lewis, Fort Hood, which is a very problematic location known for drug abuse, sexual assaults, harassment, and several suicides. And abroad at a station in in Egypt. So that's kind of cool. I mean, being stationed in a place like that. Yes, being stationed there would be cool, but... As a dude, at least. (laughs) Not as a female. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. It's not a friendly place for female. Females have a lot of problems in military, foreign... Well, specifically, I'm just talking about Egypt. Well, yeah. Yeah. So former army friends of Israel Keys have said he was a quiet person who kept to himself, but that on weekends he would party hard, drinking entire bottles of wild turkey and listening to his favorite group, Insane Clown Posse. He went from an Amish life to that. (laughs) To juggle life. Nah. 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 No thanks. I, it's so funny because like so many people love ICP and I've just never nope, never been a fan. No, I just <laughs> laugh. Sometimes Israel would go on leave and cross over into his into Israel <laughs> to have some rest and clear his head. And but him what and his, does rest and clearing his head mean well, for Israel Keys? If he went with his army buddies, here's what it meant. <laughs> him and his army buddies would hire sex workers while on leave. There was one instance when they all hired a sex worker to share. Oh. When it came time for Israel to have his turn, him and the girl went to a room, but after a bit, she came running out, screaming in complete terror to the point where his friends were like, dude, what did you do? Right. And he just like played off like, oh, I just got a little rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably strangling. <clears throat> Probably. It's where he was headed for sure. Sometime in 2000, Israel met Tammy. And they hit it off immediately. They had similar upbringings, which, wow. They both loved horror, drinking, and sex. And ICP. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So within a couple months, Tammy got pregnant. She wanted to keep the baby, but he didn't. So she basically told him he didn't have to be in the baby's life. And his daughter was actually born on Halloween. Oh. 2001. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, for two horror lovers, that's really cool. That's like the best date ever for yeah. a baby being Is, born. Yeah. Israel was arrested for a DUI in February of 2001, but was only fined $350. And it's interesting because he was still in the army at that time. Oh. But still 
He was awarded an Army Achievement Medal for his service as a gunner and assistant gunner from 98 to 2001. He was honorably discharged before relocating to Nea Bay, Washington, where he Mm -hmm. lived with Tammy and their daughter. Um, Unfortunately, Tammy ended up getting bad news. She had been diagnosed with uterine cancer and she had to have a hysterectomy and she became addicted to the opiates that were prescribed for pain from that. Their family basically fell apart and Israel actually moved with his daughter to a local reservation. Tammy was half Native American, half African-American. So she, their baby was a quarter Native American. Mm -hmm. So that got him the ability to live on the reservation with his daughter. Gotcha. Now, what this leads me to wonder about, though, is any missing Native girls Mm -hmm. from that reservation during the time that he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was active during this time, for sure. Right. Eventually, Israel wanted to start dating again, and he did meet a woman. This woman and him hit it off, but shortly after meeting her, she told him that she was moving to Anchorage and that she wanted him to come with her. Yeah. So Tammy didn't want him to take their daughter with him. So he just gave her full custodial rights. Even though she was addicted to opiates, couldn't even take care of herself. He was her caregiver 100% of the time. How old was the kid at this time? She was a baby still, I'm pretty sure. Oh, geez. Well, she was parenting. Maybe not a baby. She was little, though. Yeah, she couldn't. Like, she wasn't like a a teenager that could take care of herself. No, she was like five or six. Yeah, that's sad. Yep. So he moved to Alaska with this new woman. I'm not including her name. I don't think I included her name anywhere because, like, just leave her alone. She had no clue about any of this shit. Um, Obviously, it's public information if you want to know. So in 2007, Israel was living in Alaska and had started his own construction business called Keys Construction. Ah. Yeah, while also working for other construction companies. During the first few months of living in Alaska, Israel spent most of his time traveling up and down the entire west coast of the U.S. and Mexico, hitting up all of our spots where we were living at the time, for sure. Great. Well, I was. Were you? I don't know if you were. You might have already moved, luckily. What year? 2007. <laughs> no, I was still in I was still in sunny San Diego, California. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're getting to <clears throat> the murders. What makes Israel Keys so scary is that he was not like other serial killers. He didn't have a victim profile. Period. So he was a random. 100% random. Mm. He, didn't, he did not stalk his victims or know most of them. He traveled a lot. He had murder kits that he would bury in specific locations all over the country. Maybe international. We don't know. We wow. still don't know. He would travel, bury a kit, and go back to that area years later to use the kit. So he would travel to a place, basically go buy all of his supplies, put it in a five-gallon bucket, and bury it. Right. Come back years later, there's no record of any transactions. They're not going to keep all that information from fucking even two years ago. He's creepy smart. Yes. It's disturbing how smart he is. And yeah, he used cash. So let's see, his victims were completely chosen at random. He would kill in isolated spots. So he would basically fly somewhere, take the battery out of his phone, rent a car, pay only in cash everywhere he went, 
drive to a different state, sometimes thousands of miles, just to kill. He loved to kill, and he got off on strangling his victims. Mm. He has claimed he wouldn't kill people who had children because he had a child, and he was afraid of her finding out who her dad really was. But the FBI doesn't really believe that, neither do I, because he didn't always have a child. Right. And he, we believe, started killing when he himself was a child. <clears throat> so. Makes sense. Yeah. It's believed that he actually committed his first murder in 1996 or 1997 back in Colville, Washington. But it is alleged and not proven. He never admitted to it because he's not going to admit to a child murder. Right. Starting with Julie Harris. Julie Harris was just 12 years old when she went missing in 1996. She was a skier in the Special Olympics and actually was a gold medalist. Oh. Julie had two prosthetic feet. So she was an Olympic gold medalist with prosthetic feet Mm -hmm. doing her sport. Yes. That is incredible. Yep. She went missing and her prosthetic feet were found about a month after she went missing. But her remains weren't found until a year later, just a few miles from her home in a wooded area. So the year later... 1997 a trailer was burned down and the remains of a woman were found inside but after the discovery of that body her 12 year old child was reported missing Mm. yeah her daughter cassie's remains were found in 1998 approximately 13 miles from her home no arrests were ever made in either of these cases But Israel did admit that his first arson was a trailer. And it would have been around this same time period. So what Mm. do we say? There's no coincidences. No coincidences. Yes. So he he did claim that he killed four people in Washington State. Um, But we're actually going to talk about them in part two. Okay. Because, just because. He was actually a suspect in a series, or is actually a suspect in a series of murders in 2007 in Boca Raton, Florida. This killer was dubbed the Boca Killer, but honestly, I just don't, I don't see it being him. Yes, the MO is sort of similar, but... These people were all shot. You think it was different? Oh, yeah. They you, Serial killers typically use the same form of right. killing. So he, yes, he used zip ties, which Israel Keys used zip ties to tie up people. There it goes again. A lot of people. My internet connection is unstable. What is happening? Okay. So he used zip ties, but that's just not enough. This killer was smart. He kidnapped people, some with babies, drove them to several ATMs before shooting them. Yeah, that's not the same no. modus operandi. That, and they could never link Israel Keys to Florida during this time. Israel Keys flew to states using his real name. Right. There was no camera videos of him, you know? Yeah. It's... It, it, that would be hard to it just doesn't fit for me all so. of the people that he killed or that were killed in florida were zip tied zip tied around their neck to the headrest and mm-hmm. they had goggles taped duct taped to their face mm. that's super weird <laughs> that is weird so it gives me gives me clockwork orange a little bit um yeah vibes <laughs> very strange so israel has confessed to committing at least one murder in oh, new boss. york oh crap damn the robots 
Is it better now? Are we good? We're sorry. Damn yeah. it all. Okay. Yeah. Israel has confessed to committing at least one murder in New York, but there's no real info on that from him because he never said who, what, when, where, how, or why. Um, but the authorities considered his confession to be credible and they actually think that they know who it was. And not him? No, the girl who the person was that he killed. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, right. And I do agree because he actually owned a 10 acre parcel of land with an old busted up cabin on it in Constable, New York, which is a tiny town, population of 1500 up on the that border. Tiny. Yeah, border of Canada. So, which sounds like a great place to live to me. So, yeah. <laughs> But this gave him very easy access to surrounding areas. And the authorities believe the person he may have murdered was a sex worker named Deborah Feldman, which is really creepy because Deborah Feldman is a friend of mine and my family's. And you know her because mm -hmm. she was our psychic lady. Mm -hmm. The Rev Deb. Um, so in April of 2009 in New Jersey, and then proceeded to bury her body near Tupper Lake, New York. So sometime in 2009, Israel had travel, traveled to Essex, Vermont and hid one of his murder kits, but he wouldn't use it for another two years. Oh, so yeah. planned. He planned out didn't his, come back for two years. That's a long right. time. He would plan out his locations <clears throat> meticulously. But yeah. that was but that was all he planned. He also hmm. confessed to many bank robberies in New York and Texas and was definitely connected to one in Tupper Lake, New York for sure, and claimed that he had burglarized a house in Texas before setting it on fire. So these are just like all random things that he's confessed to. Yeah. Well, I mean, throughout his life, he's been killing things, right? Lighting things on fire, burglary, you know, uh, robbing and burglarizing. Yeah. So, I mean, until he's caught, he's going to continue to do all this stuff. Right. So in June of 2011, <clears throat> Israel Keys flew to Chicago. This feels like it was just yesterday. This, this is like so recent. Um, he removed the battery from his phone, rented a car and drove to Essex, Vermont, where he went to find his murder kit, dug everything up and put it all in his backpack. On the night of June 8th, Israel left his hotel on foot and he focused on an apartment building that was just across the street from his hotel. He hid in a little wooded area where he had a great view of like the parking lot. He thought it could be easy to grab someone as they got out of their vehicle, so he just staked it out. Eventually a car drove up, but because it was pouring rain, the person in the car got out too fast and ran inside before Israel could grab him. Mm. He even said if that guy had been like a couple seconds slower, he would have been dead. Wow. Yeah. How fucking scary to know that you were that person. <gasps> oh, I know, right? So creepy. Better live life to its fullest. <laughs> yeah. So Sheesh. Israel had to find a new plan. And so he went back to his hotel room. He had a new idea, but he waited a little bit at his hotel till it got later. He was going to go find mm -hmm. a house that seemed to have two people living in it. And he found the perfect house. It didn't have pets. There were no signs of children. Attached garage for easier access to the house. So he cut the phone line just in case they had an alarm that was connected to the phone lines. Mm -hmm. And he just waited because the neighbor <laughs> stayed up late, I guess, and kept coming out to like smoke with his dog. So. He waited till about like 2 a.m. when the neighbor finally went to bed. Mm -hmm. Israel broke into the home of Bill and Lorraine Courier. But before we get to what transpired 
from his angle, we're going to focus on Bill and Lorraine mm -hmm. and who they were in the investigation into their disappearances. Bill and Lorraine, by every single account, were super nice, peaceful people. They took pride in their home. They kept their garden perfect. Like, you know, they wanted it to be perfect anytime anybody came by or came over. They were hardworking people who were loved by their small community. And this community was one where you would go to get away from city life. It was a quaint little town. Just peaceful. and Yeah. Yeah. They had recently celebrated their anniversary. I'm pretty sure it was like 25 years, which that's a huge achievement. That is these days. Yeah. They had a lot of life ahead of them, so they thought. They were ages 49 and 55. When Lorraine didn't show up for work on her next scheduled shift, Bill's sister, who worked with Lorraine, just knew something was off because it wasn't like Lorraine to not show up. She called Bill's work and found out that he had not shown up either. Mm -hmm. Red fucking flags going up everywhere already. Oh, yeah. So she went to their house and noticed that their car was missing. Bill and Lorraine would never leave on a whim without telling anyone. Now, thankfully, his sister called the police instead of going inside. Because oh. don't want to contaminate anything. Um, so the police show up and they looked through the garage window and found the window to the inside of the house was broken. So okay. they entered the home and everything, everything was off. Everything was just completely off. Super weird. Medications that they would need daily were still at the house. Mm -hmm. They would not leave without those. Right. Bill's work clothes were laid out, ready to go. As if he was going to go to work. He was planning mm -hmm. to go to work. It just seemed off, and the police were really worried for their well-being. They had held eight separate searches and found absolutely nothing that would lead to where they went. The police did receive a tip from an eyewitness stating they had seen someone driving the courier's car the day after they disappeared and that they had seen the driver. This eyewitness worked with police to come up with a sketch, but the investigation basically just stopped there because there was nothing to follow. And the sketch looked nothing like his real case. Oh. He disguised himself regularly. Hmm yeah interesting so now we're going to get back to what actually happened from his confession mm -hmm. when israel broke into their home bill and lorraine were asleep in their bed he proceeded to tie them up with zip ties before asking them if there were any guns in the house to which lorraine told him yes there was one in her nightstand he grabbed the gun and then asked if there were any prescriptions or anything else of value that he would want. And they did. So Israel grabbed a suitcase from inside the house and started throwing all of the valuables inside, including painkillers and an ATM card, where he etched the pin, the pin number onto the front. At this point, Lorraine tried to get up which just pissed him off even more. He pushed her down the pillow right. and basically just told her, like, don't ever try that again. Israel forced them to come with him, taking them to their own car that was parked in the garage. They begged mm -hmm. for their lives, promising not to tell a soul. They believed he had targeted the wrong people, not realizing he didn't target anyone for any reason. It was all just random. Yeah. They were just... Yeah. Wrong house. Yep. The unlucky couple. Wrong moment. Yeah. Israel drove them for a little while before pulling the car up to an old dilapidated farmhouse. This place was a known squatter house, according to the rest of the people in town. And it was on the market, meaning nobody was going to be there except maybe a random squatter, but right. I guess not. Israel told Lorraine to stay put in the car as he took Bill inside the house and tied him up. As he went outside to retrieve Lorraine, he noticed she was not inside the car and was attempting to escape. 
Lorraine ran as fast as she could, but Israel was too quick and he tackled her, roughing her up before forcing her into the house. Israel forced Lorraine upstairs into a bedroom, duct taping her to a bed. Mm. Lorraine and Bill were both screaming at this point. And that's when there was a crashing noise. And um, Bill had heard his wife screaming and managed to crush the chair that he was taped to and he had gotten loose. Oh, wow. So Israel, of course, is super pissed off about everything because nothing is going according to his very very articulate planning. Um, Yes. But I think that this might have been his first couple that he attacked. Yeah. I would imagine. Um, Yeah. So Bill started to fight with Israel, but it was a losing battle because Israel found a shovel. It was like right there in the basement. And he grabbed it and began beating Bill over the head with it until he was unconscious. Mm. When Israel was in custody and the authorities asked him what his intentions were with Bill, Israel did what he always did when he was asked a question involving sex. He got shy and wouldn't say anything. But what we do know for sure is that he was bisexual. And I think we know what his intentions were. He was going to rape Bill and Lorraine. That's why he he wanted a couple. Yeah. But he never got that chance with Bill. At least before he killed him. Hmm. Which he never said if he did after either. We don't know. Right. We'll get there. Um, A propane stove that Israel had set up upstairs somewhere came crashing through the upstairs floor to a floor below. And he started to panic because it was propane. And he thought it was probably just like leaking propane everywhere. Right. Meaning the house could just like catch on fire and ruin everything. Blow up. Yeah, exactly. That's not a good thing. So he ran upstairs to check the stove, finding that it was all okay, um, and to grab his gun. When he came back downstairs, Bill was standing up ready to fight him again. This guy was on a fucking mission. I mean, he, he tried. wanted to live. He wanted to, sur- he wanted to uh, protect his wife. Yes. And he was in it to the end. Like, you know. Yep. He was a fighter. Yeah. Israel claimed to have shot Bill as many times as he could, but Bill was still standing for a while before he he did eventually fall to the ground and he was dead. So now that he had killed Bill and fixed the propane issue, Israel had all the time in the world to do whatever he wanted with Lorraine. No. So. Now, side note, the propane stove, he said he was using it to boil water. He didn't say why, but they think it was to torture Lorraine. Mm. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, Israel went upstairs to where he and Lorraine, or he had Lorraine tied to a bed. He cut all of her clothes off. She was screaming madly. So he stuffed paper towels and duct tape into her mouth before raping her not once, but twice. Mm. Seems to be his thing. He doesn't do it once. He always does it twice. But during the second rape, he strangled her until she passed out. That was not part of his plan. So he waited until Lorraine came to and took her down to torture her by allowing her to see her dead husband. Ooh. Because he's literally the worst piece of human garbage. Like, I can't even. He's such a piece of shit. So while she's freaking out, he throws a rope around her neck and he strangles her until she's dead. But just in case, he put a zip tie around her neck, pulling it extra tight. Mm. So now that they were both dead, he had to make sure they couldn't be linked to him if they were ever found. So. One of the things that Israel would put in his murder kits was Drano. Holy oh, chemicals, no. Batman. Oh, holy gross. 
Israel used Drano on their hands and faces to make it harder to figure out who they were if they were ever found. After that, he put yeah, each of them burn the skin off. Yeah. He put each of them in a 55-gallon trash bag, rolling them over to a pile of trash that was in the basement. To this day, the bodies of Bill and Lorraine have never been found. And what's wild, absolutely wild to me, is that this property was purchased about six months after they were murdered. But nobody went inside before they bulldozed the entire place. And just Holy scooped moly. it up, threw it in those trash bins, and they got dumped at a landfill. huge landfill that is impossible yeah. to find anything. Wow. You can't follow the flies because they're fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So after their murders, Israel took their car and parked it in a Rite Aid parking lot. At some point, he moved most of the murder kit that he had used with Bill and Lorraine to a new location in Parrishville, New York, where it was left until after Israel's arrest. And wow. this, hate to say it, is where we're going to end part one. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> next, next week, you'll get part two which will include his Stay demise. Tuned, guys. So sorry, guys, but you have to wait a whole week. Oh. Okay. Sources, though. Dark Minds on ID on Discovery Plus. Season three, episodes one and two. Mm -hmm. they, everywhere is a two-parter on Israel Keeps. His story is so fucking wild. wild. Well, because there's so much yes. that you have... For research and yes, because he different talked. parts of his story. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's yeah. also a really good podcast, and I'm totally gonna tell people to go listen to it because holy shit, they go in depth. They're totally different than us, way different style. They are not my normal style. They're very like to straight laced, dry to the point, like fact only. Yes. No. Yes. No uh, ad-libbing. It's called Murder in America, episodes 67 and 68. Super in-depth. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Wikipedia, just for kind of like a general timeline. Mm -hmm. FBI.gov has, like, just news stories. And then YouTube. You can actually, in that podcast and on Dark Minds and on YouTube, you can actually view the recordings of his interrogations you can hear this shitbag's voice Ugh. so that always gives me the creep it's so gross yeah yeah anyway that's all i got so until next time ta-ta for now thanks for listening to crime coffee and crafts if you love our podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us more than you know. If you really love us and want to support us, go to our website at www.crimecoffeeandcrafts.com. From there, you can join our Patreon, shop our merch, and find us on social media.